Zombies as we know them aren't quite threatening us in real life, at least I don't think they are, but zombies in the workforce could be creating lots of problems for businesses around the country and even causing companies to decay and die instead of continuing to develop and grow. Typically I find in traditional businesses is that if it worked one way today, the perception is that it will continue to work that way. And what we find, at least when I look around and talk to business owners, is they get stuck in a rut. And all of a sudden, you know, their revenue stops growing and they almost fall asleep at the wheel. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out LJN Radio. On this edition of Management Decisions, Zombies Ate My Business. That's actually the title of a book by our guest, Jamie Gerdson. Now, Jamie is the CEO of Apollo Home in Cincinnati, and he's become a spokesperson for traditional businesses. And today he's talking with us about how those companies can avoid becoming part of the undead. Jamie, thanks for joining us today. Great. Thanks for having me. Now, I think the first question that people are going to have and that they'd want me to ask is, what is a zombie, at least as it pertains to your book and kind of your general philosophy on things? Sure. So a zombie, the simplest definition, is really somebody who is dead on arrival. In other words, they are unengaged, uninspired, and quite frankly, probably quit the job maybe two, three, four, or five years earlier, and are just sort of doing the minimum just to get by. Hmm. That doesn't sound very appealing. Uh, and do you believe zombies can actually do a lot of damage to a business without even the owner knowing it? And, I mean, I guess how would you kind of explain that to people who are like, well, how, why wouldn't you get it that these people are hurting your, your company? Well, so, for instance, in a small business, right, if you look at businesses in the U.S., about 96% of them are a million dollars or less, hmm. okay? So we're all working in sort of, on the front lines of our businesses all the time. Entrepreneurs or people that own businesses typically get really engaged in the business or the work of the business. Sure. And sometimes it's hard to see what's right in front of you. Um, you know, case in point, do you, are you sure every customer is having a great experience? Hmm. I don't know. You're assuming that everyone <laughs> that works for you loves what they do, right? right? I think the other thing that happens is when you go from like five to 10 employees, then you go from 40 to 60 employees or 60 to 100, it's almost impossible at some level to know what everybody's doing all the time. And so what happens is, is you get people that are able to kind of hide out. And when those people stop performing at a high level, what happens is people around look and say, hey, that guy's not working very hard and he's getting by. So I guess I can do the same. That's usually how it starts. Sure. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like you said, as far as that, especially when your business is growing, how you can kind of lose sight of some of those individuals. And we'll get into a little bit more of that later as far as maybe helping uh, some of the owners out there and companies in general with some of these areas. Now, you focus on traditional business mostly. Mm -hmm. How do you define what a traditional business is exactly? So I think of traditional businesses, like, for instance, I'm in the heating, air conditioning, plumbing, electric contracting business or right. home service type business, um, a dry cleaner. Um, you know, a restaurant, um, you know, sort of the, the, all the kind of businesses that you see, um, quite frankly, um, on Main Street America, right? Businesses that are either multi-generational or, you know, that offer a very traditional service. I'm not talking about sort of the whiz-bang startups, right? Right. Guys that are starting businesses that are technologically based, that are focusing on concepts that really don't necessarily pertain to the common person. Right. Okay. These are people that you businesses that you would probably visit on a daily basis. Makes sense. And we'll get into some more details uh, again as we move forward. But in general, what would you say makes it more difficult for these traditional businesses to sort of keep growing versus becoming stagnant and in some people's minds, letting time pass them by? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think it all starts with a person who runs it. Hmm. Um, what happens is what typically I find in traditional businesses is that if it works one way today, the perception is that it will continue to work that way. And what we find, at least when I look around and talk to business owners, is they get stuck in a rut. Hmm. And all of a sudden, you know, their revenue stops growing or they start really attracting really good people. And they almost fall asleep at the wheel. And the challenge is the fear to face that maybe the way we used to do it isn't the way it needs to be done today. Okay. Maybe we need to switch that up. But that's a pretty tough challenge because it takes an immense amount of energy to actually make that happen. And speaking of that, I think it's sort of in that same uh, ballpark. How do you see business and personal life cycles sort of impact the growth and the bottom line of these businesses? You know, that's a great question because I think in the small business world, so much of your personal life is aligned to your business life. Sure. You know, it's really hard to separate an entrepreneur's personal life and business life sometimes. You know, I think what happens is as you get older, you get a more comfortable or maybe you have more income, and then you have a tendency to want to take less risk because you don't have necessarily the energy, um, both intellectually um, or physically, to make those hard calls. The other thing is, problem when you get older, you have choice, hmm. right? So, when you're young and you're starting out, you don't really have a choice. You know, it's, it's, you're kind of in it. You don't have a choice to not to do it. Right. So sometimes that life cycle um, can be actually sort of anti, anti what it needs to be to make things actually happen. Another part with that that I had seen a note from your book is that zombies, that they actually try to take advantage of these cycles. How does that work? If you um, are somebody who's sort of unmotivated, right, you actually revel in the fact that if the owner or the leader of that business is in a cycle where he is not growing the business or he's just maintaining it, that's perfect for you because <laughs> you don't want things to grow because you don't want to take on more responsibility or work. You actually then get to hide out and do less or the same for the same amount of money, right, or the same amount of effort. Hmm. Um, and that is really beneficial, especially if you're just totally unengaged. And here's the thing about it. Everybody knows who these people are, <laughs> but for some reason, they can be camouflaged. Right. Either because we, A, don't want to take that on, or B, we're just too easy to just sort of go with the status quo. No, I think it is funny you bring that up, that uh, you're probably right. In most cases, at least a handful of un individuals know who the quote-unquote zombies are, but what happens with that, I guess, is anybody's guess. Um, another difficult reality that companies seem to be facing, you alluded to it earlier, is the merging of generations kind of at the top, but also with just your general employees that might come and go. What advice can you offer as far as making sure this type of thing, the generations merging, doesn't negatively impact these businesses? Well, so there's some interesting statistics put out by the Gallup poll, I think it was, is that, believe it or not, people actually, towards the end of their career, have a higher level of engagement than people at the beginning, hmm. which really threw me for a loop. I think what it's about is it's about aligning the direction of your business to the chemistry of the people that you want to work there. In other words, to me, it's about the team, right? So right. we want to create a really dynamic environment that actually prevents people from becoming zombies. Because, you know, and it really comes down to, in my opinion, about leveraging the best of what you currently have, which would be kind of maybe, maybe have people on the tail end of their careers or people sort of at a different life cycle and trying to find those strengths and leverage it back into onboard the right type of talent. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, sure. 
Do you see, though, I mean, kind of the merging again of those generations? I know millennials get picked on a lot. Do you see that as kind of being just stereotypical nonsense, or is there some validity to trouble kind of integrating in that way? I think that here's how I would answer it. The term life balance, I think you have to be very intentional how you define that for your own company. Okay. You know, sometimes people think life balance is a time thing where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work eight hours, I'm going, to get a sleep, I'm going to sleep eight hours, I'm going to spend two hours in my community, two hours doing this, two hours so-and-so. Right. To me, the way we define it internally is it's a state of mind. Right. Hmm. So, you know, yeah, we're going to have to put long hours in. But you know what? We're going to we're going to balance that by giving some flex time during the day to maybe run to your kid's school or go have lunch with your wife or maybe you want to do a workout or whatever it is. To me, it's about making a commitment to the thought of life balance. And sometimes physically, it's almost impossible to do just because of the demand. Um, But I think you can sort of that's the population that we're seeing is specifically like millennial. I think people today in general want to have life balance. I don't think it's just millennials or want to have a more well-rounded life. I don't think it's just millennials. I think culturally, though, you as a company have to identify what works for your business model and then how do you integrate that into your population and then how do you actually attract the people that fit for what your business needs to do. Yeah, no, I think that's very well put. And uh, even the way you described it not being a, a strict time or number as far as the, the amount of time you're working, but as you said, kind of where it's allocated and having some freedom. I think uh, I think that fits to a lot of what a lot of people are looking at. Now, you did mention that, again, with these traditional businesses, sometimes you fall into a rut. You feel like, well, it's always been working, so it's going to keep working, kind of that routine, repetition. What are some ways that companies can look to avoid that or maybe get out of some of those patterns? I mean, do you have any strategies that obviously you can always go deeper, but something you can offer the listeners? Yeah, I mean – To get out of a rut, I think part of it is you have to get or be a student um, of change. And what I mean by that is you as the leader of that business have to be a continuous learner Hmm. and don't settle. And it's a decision that I think, regardless of your personality type, you just have to make first the decision. Because I believe that if the head of the fish thinks, the rest of the fish does too. So (laughs) if the person who owns it or is running that business doesn't decide that they want to be a lifelong student of how to be the absolute best of what they do, that's probably going to be the first hurdle. If you're right now, if you get past that first hurdle, the next thing is you have to find really good surrogates. And what I mean by that, you got to have really, really good people around you that share what you're trying to do. And then that comes pretty infectious. Um, and it's, you know, this isn't rocket science, right? It's understanding that, you know, as a team, you're going to go a lot farther. Um, but it starts with you as a leader and you got to do that work on yourself. At the same time, where does it come into play of bringing in new blood, even new leadership possibly, um, to get those fresh ideas? Is there a balance to that, or is there a a general kind of protective feeling that these leaders, the old guard, so to speak, have when it comes to their business and and what they have in mind? I'm sort of a big fan of diamonds in the rock. Hmm. So I would rather hire a really smart, passionate, inexperienced person than a really experienced, person who has a really great track record per se because what i find is that if you put a group of people in the room that are really really smart and really passionate the experience becomes less less important now like all things you want to have a balanced portfolio though right so you want to have experienced leadership along with inexperienced leadership so they can complement each other 
Um, and that's sort of, for me, what's worked in my, my business career is to sort of complement experience with inexperience um, and some really interesting things happen. I think that's a cool perspective. We speak with a lot of employers and, and we help people here kind of with what we do with the local job network. And that is a, a struggle for them, I feel like, is, is finding that balance of experience and, and fresh ideas. Uh, is that something you see being a problem kind of across traditional businesses? Is it getting better? I mean, what would your perspective be? It's really funny. I think people think that to move their business ahead that they need to hire experienced people. Right. But I think it's a paradox. I think it's a balance. I find Here's what I find that happens a lot. People want black and white. They're like, well, I need to grow my business, so I need a guy or a gal who's super experienced and has all this pedigree. But the thing they miss all the time is chemistry, right? So not that I'm a big sports guy, but if you look in the NFL, you know, all those players are like plus or minus 3%. So why does one team win one year and one team lose another? A lot of people would say, oh, well, it's these players, this and that. To me, it's the chemistry of how they play together. And I think that gets missed a lot where people kind of run past this idea of, well, how is this person going to integrate into our team? Oh, it doesn't matter. They have this great skill set. They have, you know, an MBA from an Ivy League school. They have all this great work experience, but they might not fit for you. And so I think sometimes people get so pigeonholed in thinking that they need X, Y, and Z that it misses them. I think it's a great analogy. And for uh, anyone who does follow sports, like you said, I mean, there have been plenty of times where Teams uh, try to buy a championship, put all this quote-unquote talent together, but like you said, it just it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit, and uh, and I think that's a great analogy for what we're talking about with the businesses here. As we look to wrap up, Jamie, uh, what final message would you like to give the business owners that are listening, just as far as keeping their business from becoming one of those undead, as you phrased it? I mean, here here's my thing. I think my final takeaway would be is um, be really comfortable with taking risk and be really happy to fail. In other words, I think that I would rather fail and fail fast than be in a room of people that are slowly dying. And I think a lot of people today don't take nearly enough educated risk around how to drive their business because of the fear of failure. Um, part of that to me is for us, we're in a service-based business, and so people are what drive our business. And so that's why zombies was such a great thing for me to talk about because it really makes a difference for us big time. I think that's the perfect punctuation for this show. Jamie, thanks a lot for joining us, sharing your inside perspective today. Hey, thanks so much. Have a great day. That is all the time we have today on Management Decisions and our conversation with Jamie Gertzen, CEO of Apollo Home in Cincinnati. He's also the author of Zombies Ate My Business, How to Keep Your Traditional Business from Becoming One of the Undead. And you can visit jamiegertzen.com if you'd like to get some more information. As for us, feel free to send us an email with your thoughts and suggestions for any future shows to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or tweet us at the LJN. You can always find all of our shows as well on iTunes or by going to ljnradio.com. That'll do it for us. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.